It's time for another Minor Revelations with Drew Drogi. Hi, how's it going? Um, it's another week. Oh my God, we're still here. We're still here, shaking in mild, vague terror, but here we are. Um, I, speaking of terror, um, something that I actually love that uh, doesn't really bring me terror, but brings me joy, but it terrorizes others, is, is ghosts. I love them, and I love... Um, like witchcraft, devil worship, anything like that I find just like fascinating and hilarious and 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 wonderful like people's like you know um commitment to the dark arts i I just find really beautiful and, and so much fun um but yeah, that's not I mean like what actually scares me is like oh there's there's a a, a killer in the house, like an actual person like that's terrifying to me. I'm from a small town in the south so like woods and it, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the most terrifying thing to me like things like that where you're like okay these like really uh, there was that movie about like um oh god I want to say Eliza Dushku was in it and it was like these people in the woods and they had like bow and arrows I don't remember the name of it but like somebody got chopped in half against a tree like their like through their brain um things like that wrong turn wrong turn that's the name of it terrifying um but, like, ghosts are not scary to me. I think they're wonderful and lovely, and I really believe in them. And I think um, I, I believe that when people die, their energy has to go somewhere. I don't think it can just, like, disappear or float up to heaven. Uh, I did take the, 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 the E out of heaven because I'm a good Presbyterian when I sing hymns. Heaven. Um, no, I just think the energy's there, and I think it's it's beautiful that when you can feel it somewhere and you— uh, um, and I don't really know much about it and, you know, uh, about ghosts, but I do have an interaction uh, that I want to talk about in a minute. But yeah, growing up, there were ghost stories. And in the South, like, you know, there was the Gray Man, which was a story of like um, uh, in the beach cities, uh, there would be these stories of people like on the night of a hurricane or a big tropical storm. There would be a knock at the door and people would answer the door and there'd be some man in like a World War One uh, jacket uh, and he would, and they couldn't see his face and he would just say, there's a storm coming and you should leave, evacuate your home. And the people that listened to him, they would leave and they would come back and their houses would be safe, but houses on either side of them would be torn apart. Uh, and people that wouldn't listen to them, you know, wouldn't listen to the gray man. So he was a sort of this ghost story that would come around. I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's true. Of course, you know, I don't know. I think it's just magical and, and wonderful that, like, these stories exist. Um, and there's some other story about, like, in Polly's Island about this ghost named Alice. And I don't know. She just hung out in hammocks and gave out recipes. I don't know her. I don't remember her story, but everybody talked about the ghost of Alice. And um, in high school, there was this... Um, there was this place out in the country called Sally's Bridge. And apparently um, the story is that Sally was this girl and she was on her way to the prom. Of course, this is nowhere near any school. Uh, you know, it's like if you went to school out in out in the trees. Um, but but um, she was on her way to prom and she was decapitated on this bridge. It makes no sense. But if you if you pull up onto Sally's Bridge... Um, and you get out of your car and you walk around the car three times. And I think you had to say something like, come out, Sally, or hi, Sally, or whatever you needed to say to her. And then you would get back in the car. You couldn't get the car started, like for a while, a long time. Um, and of course, in high school, we would always go out to Sally's Bridge. And it would happen. You would have a hard time starting the car, probably because of like condensation would go up in the uh, late at night. I don't know. Or there's a ghost there. I, I choose to believe you know, ghosts and science. I think it's all wonderful. Um, and uh, it was also like out by Sally's Bridges where all the devil worshippers would hang out, which everyone was terrified of in my town. And I love that there were devil worshippers um, because it was just like the like the really cool redneck nerds that never did anything. Uh, I, I didn't even ever know that they even existed. Like I was never a part of any of it and I never even knew if it happened. But, you know, um, I love that we were just taught to fear that. Um, and, uh, you, you know, it was just be afraid of demons. And I was like, demons are great. Uh, let, let's let's invite them out to play. 
Um, yeah. And so I've always wanted to have like an interaction with a ghost. And I've, you know, I've always been fascinated by it. And I love hearing people's stories. And um, I had I had a story about um, this was a, quite a quite a while ago because it would have been the apartment I lived in before the one I'm in now, and I've lived in this place for two years. So this would have probably been, um, let's say, eight years ago, and um, I moved into this apartment, uh, uh, and it was this great big space that hadn't been occupied for like six months. And um, my friend was living in the the front. It was like a duplex and she lived in the front part of it. And so I was like, I'm, you know, moving into the the back part. And um, so I started noticing some things were kind of off. One night there was a, um, there was this light that was in the, that was in the, um, this closet that, that should have been the, the washer and dryer room. There was a light bulb that kept turning on, on its own. In the middle of the night, a light bulb would just come on. And I would get up in the middle of the night and turn it off. And then like maybe a week later, I would wake up and the, and somehow it would wake me up. I wasn't like all the way across the whole apartment. I wouldn't be in my room or anything. So there was a light bulb that would just mysteriously turn on around three or four in the morning. And I would go and turn it off. Um, and I just thought, oh, faulty wiring or weird light bulb or whatever. Um, but it was on an old pull string. Like it was real effort to turn it on and off. Like I had to really pull this old timey, like, you know, metal chain to get it to turn off. Um, then one night around the same time of night, I woke up and my bathtub was full blast pouring water. Like in, just in the middle of the night, it was full blown. And um What's crazy is that, like, in the moment, I didn't think that was weird. I just got up and turned it off. The next day, I completely freaked out because I, uh, you know, I, like, didn't think, like, somebody could be in the house, like, someone could be in my place. In the moment, I was just like, oh, come on. Who left the bath going? You know, um, and full blast, scalding hot water. Um, Then, um, uh, I don't know, a few weeks later, I woke up in my uh, in my room and there was this figure standing in my room over my bed. I couldn't make out if it was male, female age. It was just this shape of a person. Um, and I didn't freak out at all. I had no fear. Um, but I was looking around my room and I was, I was like, I'm not dreaming because I can see everything and I'm totally aware and I'm, and I'm blinking and I, and I'm feeling the air around me, but I can't move. So I can't move. And this thing is coming towards me. And, um, it, uh, there was this, there was this, on my floor, I had these wooden floors and there was a creak. The, the, the wood would creak right next to my bed when I would step in to get into bed. And so this thing gets up close to me and I hear this creak and as it getting closer to me, I can't move. Um, but I'm oddly fine. I'm not at all freaking out. It gets on top of me and I feel this like weight on me. It wasn't super heavy, but it was definitely, there was definitely some weight there and it's getting on top of me and almost like a cat with its claws, like figuring out a new bed. It was kind of moving around on top of me. And I non-verbally communicated with this thing like, hey, I'm here now. You can be here too. It's totally fine. Let me be here. I'll let you be here. And it's all good. I'm not afraid of you. Don't be afraid of me. We can coexist in some way. And the thing like got off of me and went away. I went to bed totally fine. I woke up the next morning flipping out, like, oh, my God, what just happened to me? That was insane. But in that moment, I was totally comforted and fine. And I never had another visit from that ghost ever again. And I don't know if it went somewhere else, uh, if it got annoyed that it wasn't scaring me, or if it just, like, that energy sort of absorbed into my new space. Um, but uh, anyway, I think ghosts are wonderful and I say if you see a ghost just welcome it into your life welcome its welcome its energy it's all great and be terrified of real people have fun have fun are you having fun yes are you having fun <laughs> It makes so much fun. It's so much it makes fun, so right? much fun. Oh my god, I'm having the best time. Hi everybody. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. 
<laughs> I'm here with my friends Courtney Peruso and Corey Podell. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, we've said hi so many times. <laughs> we are on so much mescaline right now. We are getting ready to run down a freeway and like bite at traffic. I don't know. Let's have fun, you guys. Um, what's going on? What are y'all up to today? Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Yeah. Corey was late. Sorry. I so called her late. out immediately. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. I fucked up. Yeah. Big time. I own it. I fucked up. Just own it. It's yeah. fine. We've all done it. We were just saying the worst though is when I'm late and I make my guests wait. And uh, that's one thing. And we were all just like, it's it's totally fine. Here we are. It's, uh, it's the yeah. morning. I think it's nice to be like some people that's like a big pet peeve. Like I feel like I I because I can tend to be like five minutes late, I'm very forgiving when it happens. Yes, me too. I am always I'm always five to ten minutes late. Yeah. And I and I have gotten into such trouble with it all my life. Like my father was crazy about the clock like he was so german in that way he was raised in this like very very verbally abusive household where he would get in trouble for taking naps like growing up and it was just this everything was a sign of weakness and so if we were 15 minutes early we were late you know i mean that was the thing even to parties i was so humiliated growing up and i'm like we don't have to be the first people here but we had to be always and i would the every sunday morning without fail being screamed out in the car all the way to church because I would hold the family up. I would get up at the right hour. You know, I would just, I, I'm a, I am in my head. I'm such an Aquarius. I'm always talking to myself. I always have something else going on way more interesting in my head than what's going on in front of me. And so it just took me forever to get ready. And I would always make them lay. And my dad, so it's literally, I mean, that is so like, talk about nature versus nurture. Like I was raised where like being late was the worst thing you could be. And I still am late. So it is in my, in my DNA to be a little bit late. And I've gotten in trouble with it at the the groundlings when I would teach. And like, I'm, I'm never like crazy late, but I'm always within five to 10 minutes late. It's just that thing. And I don't, I don't manage. I overbook my time. I'm, and then, and, and, you know, I know that's irritating to people that are like all about being on time and all, you know, and this and that and that. But I also am like, you know what? I work in the arts. Things happen when they do. Yeah. Uh, you know, time is a construct. You guys, <laughs> get it over it. Like we're gonna, we're, we'll finish when we do. Yeah. It, things will happen when they do. You know, it's just one of those things that it's like. Because I feel like people that are ruled by by the clock always mm-hmm. don't have much else going on. I'm sorry, like you know, that, <laughs> and, and, and inside their head, like, what, where is your imaginary world that you can go into? Yeah, you don't have one. I think you're just like, you know, it's 10:03. We were supposed to start at 10. Mm-hmm. I, I, my life is ruined. It's like I don't care that much about it, and I can't apologize that much about being late. It's just, it's not a big deal to me and I don't understand and I know that it's rude and I know that it's something that people, when I do it and I've had people tell me like, Drew, people were waiting on you and I, and I, and the weird thing too is I still go through all of it beating myself up when I am late places. I'm constantly driving places going, everyone's so mad at you and oh my God, and you're late, you're late, you're late and why did you do this? And I, cause it's my father screaming at me all over again, but I'm still Late. Yeah. It's just like anything else. I understand nature versus nurture because my whole family are they're early risers. And uh-huh. like one of the worst things in our family was to like sleep late. It right. really feel lazy. Oh, and yeah. I just have never been able to do it. I right. can't wake up early. It, or I can. It's just like very painful. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. And they like no matter what, for years I they would you know, I had to wake up early and I s and now no if I can sleep in, I sleep in, yeah. no matter what. Yeah, same here. It's, same here. And, and it's just in my nature. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And and that's just exactly that's just the way you are and I and and um and it's you know, and there are things even with our friends that we go, "Oh, I get so mad." But like that's just who they are. They're not going to they might apologize or you know, I have a friend who's just insane over like communicating with in text. Like I don't in person he's so lovely and we have such a good vibe and via text I'm always like what are you talking about right now and I've just come to be like <laughs> that's just who you are like I'm not I really can't be mad at you and it, if you were like that in person maybe we could talk about it but I forget about it when I see you that's our friend Kate Frisbee uh, <laughs> well I she's I, listening no she, <laughs> she sounds like we an love asshole her. we love her so much <laughs> but I love Kate I, too, of course, me and Kate do. we write together a lot uh-huh. and um we 
whenever I see her, I feel so tender towards her. I love her so much. I just oh, want to yeah, like hug her. But over text, she's we're both probably monsters to each other. <laughs> and so we had to make a we like had a face to face recently where we were like, we cannot get in unless we're being like, I'll meet you there at two or uh-huh, scheduling uh-huh. logistics or uh-huh. jokes. We can't right. talk. We can't talk about anything remotely serious over text. Well, Rhea, wow. Reading because Corey's been like, read this text. I mean, and Kate's done it to you too. You know what I mean? So like, uh-huh. I've like are you kind of, of the, your are you in the middle? Are you in the middle? Sometimes? I mean, I don't care, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Like, not in a mean way. I don't care, but yeah. but I think Kate does a thing where she's like saying exactly what she would say and not editing and like not knowing that like by the time you get to the end the you're still reading the first things that she said on the text you know what i mean yeah like she's it, she's just really it's like this weird stream of consciousness uh-huh, stream of consciousness okay yeah yeah like yeah. for example she texted me we were talking about something and she texted me this like novel of a text and she knew i was teaching a class and uh-huh. i like looked at my phone like and it was right there like 10 minutes in and it was all i could think about i was like Let, let's take an early break just like so could read this text that like actually uh, <laughs> was just her like spewing something yeah. in the moment but then do you get mad do you get mad going you know i'm teaching right now yeah Why i mean that's what i was pissed me? about nothing in the text was i i was like yeah but i know it's the fact that i told her i was going into teach and i'm like you you know that's gonna stress yeah, me out. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But she and couldn't, she was so, she had to, you know, she couldn't help herself. Yeah, and so anyway, yeah. we made an agreement that we would just uh, talk in person if we had well, to talk about anything. Heavier. I'm such a nerd about te- I would text and um, I write every text like it's like, you know, a, a, an email or like that I've really thought about. I will sit there, mm-hmm. I, I write out full it. words. I don't do abbreviations. Um, I make sure that punctuation's right. I will Google spelling to make sure the spelling's right. Like I'm a nerd about that stuff. And um, and I'm very sensitive about tone of emails and texts. Mm-hmm. And so, because there's sometimes out that things will fly all over me when it was somebody just doesn't know how to write tone. And so... And but I go overboard also. Like I'll write hi with like twelve eyes. Like <laughs> we're friends and things are good. But when I, you know, yeah, just you so really craft it. Just so I just so I don't think that I'm going hi. You know what I mean? Because that just sounds so like listen. I need this, 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 and this. Yeah. And sometimes texts can read that way, and so I want it to be. I, I definitely want them to sound a little bit more. But I'm such. A, a, a southern lady that like writes letters of you know I'm yeah. you know it's like you know Ann Landers every time I text somebody <laughs> because like it's just and it's and and um I have to remember that other people aren't like that and I have to yeah because I and I've even to say to people like I'm really sensitive so when you send emails that are you know I don't appreciate like you know you know when you get just just some like really like crabby curt email from yeah. somebody about something i'm like what how just about dismissive. starting with the hello mm-hmm. uh, um you know i am so and so you know whatever but i know we're doing everything wrong we're doing everything <laughs> wrong. i will sometimes like draft my text in notes first <laughs> if they're like feel important or wow. like i'm scared because uh-huh. which is like super psycho uh-huh. i don't do that with like friends or something uh-huh. but if it's like some kind of like flirtation or some interaction I'm like worried about. Oh, like yeah, I don't yeah, want it yeah. to like send before I'm done. I don't want them to, to see you writing to it. To see me writing it. Like yeah. to I see actually, the time taken. I think probably more people do that than you think. I think so too. Yeah. Also, isn't it funny how people have different... I have one friend in particular that is so flirty via text and it's like, oh, hi. And it's just <laughs> always so kind of like, not always sexual, but definitely like, you know, it's always like, you know, you know, hey, gorgeous, what's going on? And I want to see your pretty face. And then in person, none of it. There's zero vibe in person. Yeah. But on text, it's like, and I'm like, what is that about? And it's like, is that just a a ploy? Or is that like who you really are? And like in person, you're like nervous or what? Some people are better writers. Yeah, and it's true. Yeah. It's really true. <laughs> and I definitely, you know, I find... Even though, like, it's like, and what we do is like talking to people, and I'm always like in front of people all the time. When I'm really upset about something, I find like writing it is is better. Yeah. And then we can talk after. Um, it's never like I only want to communicate via email, but when I'm really upset, I have to write an email first, yeah. and then go. Then we can talk about it. But I need you to hear because when I'm really upset and emotional, I feel like I would just be screaming all over the place and not really getting my point across. And I feel like I can be a little bit more, um. F- you know, balanced when I'm emailing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Organized. Organized. Mm-hmm. I know. But mm-hmm. that's. No, but email and text, yeah, tone is really hard because a lot of it really is hard. how we're interpreting it. So, like, 
how, whatever mood you're in that day, yep. you're reading that text that says yep. fine, fine. Exactly. As, and that's you putting that on yourself. Exactly. Like, he was just like, fine. Exactly. I mean, there's like a million I know, ways. I know, I know. So I and think there, it has to do more about us. It's so hard, though, to not. It is really hard. That's and, why I... And, and yeah. we're just bombarded all the time. I mean, just it's like our phone doesn't ring nearly as much, but, but we're constantly mm-hmm. in these... N- never-ending conversations with all of each other yeah. like it's constantly like oh i'm never in a panic end. if my phone rings yeah oh i know it's what what someone Stop that i barely it. know called me this morning at 9 a.m and and i was like oh my god who died you know and yeah. i didn't answer because i was really scared because i was like he's <laughs> calling me yeah it's scary and though. he didn't leave a message so i'm assuming it was either a butt dial or it wasn't that big of a deal and i'll get an email from him later yeah maybe i'll call him and be like hey did you call me and what's going on but but like i can't imagine what it would be, but it's really scary to get a phone call at 9 a.m. Yeah. from someone you don't really know very yeah. well. Yeah. You know? I wake up every morning to paragraph text from my mom, which is a thing that, like, uh-huh. because she's, like, three hours uh, ahead or whatever, uh-huh. and uh-huh. she wakes up early, and she doesn't care when I don't respond. Like, I can't, like, I respond sometimes, but, like, right. there's just too much to, like, acknowledge yeah. every yeah. article she's sending, every thought that pops into her head that she, like, feels right. the need to share. Right. So it's, like, I tend to, like, that's, like, the first thing I wake up to in the morning, which is, like, I, I have that I can't break of hers. Oh, and, well, if my mom doesn't understand... Like what's pro- appropriate for a text versus what's an email. Sometimes she's gotten <laughs> yeah. better, but and like she, you know, and I love talking to her. But she's emails a lot more now, which is easier for me too. But she used to send, you know, the thirty-minute long texts, <laughs> yeah. and then when email, like, "Hey, how are you?" You know, and I'm yeah. like, you know, to be like, it's the opposite. Like a text is a <laughs> yeah. thing, and email is where you can really get into the details. Yeah. And my mom is such a detail person and loves to go through everything that they've done that day and what they were eating and where they ate, you know, where they went and, um, you know, um, and who they saw and you know, and she loves to just like tell stories. And so she email is 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 a better form for her than, <laughs> than uh, texting, <laughs> um, for sure. Um, well, I want to hear some um, some stories. Who wants to tell me first? Who wants to go? Corey's going to go first. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my punishment for being late. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Um, well, first of all, I want to say that I was listening to one of the episodes you did recently when you talked about Lucille Ball. Yes. That really comforted me <gasps> oh in my a God. big oh, way. Good. Oh, good. Because I never... Not that I didn't get it. There's a lot, there's some comedy I don't get, but I understand other people do. Right. But I did not like her. Like, off-putting yeah. to me. Me too. And you were the first, literally the first person <laughs> in the history of my lifetime <laughs> to say, this is why she sucks. And you put it into words in a way that I Please couldn't. Please catch me oh up. My God. Oh, my God. He just was you. making the argument that Carol Burnett is the true... Oh, I did a book Legend. report on her in fifth grade. Yeah, I mean, she's... we had to do historical figures. Everyone was doing Abe Lincoln and <laughs> shit. And I was like, Carol Burnett. And my teacher was like, OK. Oh, your teacher absolutely <laughs> should have been like, thank you, Corey. Right. Um, no, I was just, ba- you know, I was just saying. And first of all, I, I did also say I, I you know, I, I, I hate like. When women get put, you know, against each other, because I do hate totally. to be like, Kelmer Nett's the queen of comedy, not Lucille Ball, because it's like they both could be if I liked mm-hmm. both of them. But I just <laughs> and and Kelmer has is plenty lauded. It's not like people don't know who she or care about her, and and you know, but Kelmer was is a human being, and is mm-hmm. and is such a and and is is so flawed and and alive and real. And Lucille Ball was always this alien to me that had a crazy voice and she had dead eyes and she was never really crying. I never believed that she she never believed what she was doing. Yeah. And she seemed like she hated it. There was something about her that was really <laughs> cynical on like a on like a cellular level to me that I always felt like Lucille Ball was hating what she was doing. And then I was saying, you know, you go into watch a Dick Cavett show and she's miserable at the end of her life. And it's really sad to see this like woman who was like brought so much joy to people who like had none of it inside. Whereas Carol Burnett, you're like, you just know that it's everything in her to yeah. to to She's so alive when you watch her and like and she's able to just like play these crazy characters. And but it's just been uh, my goal of my life is to look at that and go, you can be that big when you mean it like that, when you really commit and care on that level, you know, and I just always thought Lucille Ball was just like. I got what people liked. She was funny. She she literally looks like a clown. Yeah. I mean, she was a beautiful woman, but she painted her face like a drag queen. Mm-hmm. And she was always, you know, and everything was, you know, you know, and she was an idiot. 
And that was funny to people because they were like, oh, this woman is so stupid. Mm-hmm. But I just was like, why is she stupid? Right. Well, you know what I mean? I was like, I don't like that she's stupid. I want her to like at least, wi- you know. Outwit him. Or, outwit at yeah. some point, you know. Never. And, and, she always you know, gets caught. She always, always. Which I guess is the funny part. But I, you just put it in words and, and. Well, thank you. And yeah, so I appreciate that. And then I started to think about like, oh, what are other things that everyone is super into that I've never admitted to not being uh-huh, into? But uh-huh. I haven't really thought of much. Uh-huh. That's not, well, yeah, big. But anyway. It, no, no, it, I love this stuff. It's I love so that you just like, and, and like your opinion about Forrest Gump. <laughs> I always liked the movie Forrest Gump, but I remember reading something you posted about it and it really made me be like, see it in a different way. Same. I remember. Oh, and, oh wow. And I got, it's like, like, I, I got appreciate Facebook your messages. opinions. About that, I got people sent me messages on Facebook, and that was that was Louis Vertel's article that he wrote about Forrest Gump, and I loved it so much, and it summed up why I hated them, why I hated it. But because I just posted it, I got I got two messages on Facebook from people I don't know being like, "What do you just hate things? Is that what you do?" Like people are so mad when you hate on Forrest Gump. Yeah, but it's terrible. I mean, I just like that you have such strong opinions and are not afraid to say that. Thank you. About you know. So anyway. It, well, thank you. I, and I, I used to be I really scared that. of that. I used to be really scared because I used to think, well, people, you know, forever was like, you need a show where you just go on and like review movies and talk about you. And I'm like, well, I could never do that because I want to be in them. And mm-hmm. it just gets really, really creepy at a certain point. But then, you know, my argument is always like, yeah, I, I like to, I never like to punch down. Right. I would never be like, I mean, Forrest Gump won Best Picture and most people love it. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, in Burbank with a podcast. So who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, it's not like I'm going to go, I saw the worst independent movie. It was made for $1,000 and these people suck. Right. Like, that's just mean. You right, know what I mean? Like, shitty. you know, and so I think yeah. you just have to really think about like when I'm really going to rag on something, it's got to come from my experience. And I just have to say, this is my opinion. And I think um, the other point, I'm like, why else are we here to just say, because I'm so, t- it's just annoying when, you know, I th- we live in a town where everybody just loves everybody's everything and everything's really, really great. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing that I feel about that. And I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is um, whatever. Who cares? Don't qualify it, Drew. I don't mind. I don't. I love when people are fake in person. I don't mind. I've been fake when someone goes. I loved your so and so, and I think that's just being nice. And I'm southern in that way. I don't need someone telling me their honest opinion about my work if I don't ask for it. You know what I mean? Of it's course, so, yeah. So I do appreciate in L. A. how people are a little fake with each other because in New York or in other places it's a little too much sometimes. Because I didn't ask. <laughs> you don't need I, feedback from everyone. I don't need feedback yeah. from everyone, and I don't need you know. Um, I mean, I was in New York for a, you know almost a month in December, and I had a little melt down because I was like, I don't need my cabbie to just fucking give me realness all the time. I, I'm like, I just sometimes <laughs> it's nice when some stoned idiot picks you up in a lift in LA and goes like, oh my God, isn't the world amazing and you're beautiful. Great. I kind of <laughs> like that. Yeah. But I also think like we have to have some teeth and some opinions about yeah. something because otherwise it's just like, who cares? Everybody's, you know, we're just, yeah. then we become mayonnaise. Yeah. Yeah. Mayonnaise. What is something though that oh. you, that you... <laughs> Corey, that you think is like that the world loves that you're just like I don't get. I'm like afraid to say it, but I'm going to follow your Please lead. Please do, and, and you modeled some really good behavior for me. So <laughs> Broadway musicals, just <gasps> oh musicals. my god, I love that. That's your opinion. I, I just don't. I, I, I guess I understand though why people like them. I uh-huh. understand. I admire the talent and the what sure. it takes, sure. but I don't personally enjoy it really. Um, and you, and it's anything like where people you, break out into song. It doesn't. Oh, so feel, musical theater in general, not it doesn't specifically feel Broadway. real to me or true. Okay. Yeah, not Broadway. I, okay. I mean, musical <laughs> you would be theater. like off Broadway. I love. But once it gets to the Great White Way, I'm out. Um, that's oh yeah, that's a that's a lot of people though. That, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, I I'm only saying that to like comfort you, not to make you say, you know, but yeah. like. But I've seen Rent and I thought it was awesome. Like I loved it, but how basic am I? You know? Yeah. It's like, oh my god, it's a that's funny. I, I hate my Rent. Reference. I hate Rent. Um, See, and I don't I don't even have the depth to know what to well, like or I, I'm just not drawn to it. I guess no, it's, and that's totally makes sense. You know, it took me. It took me a while to finally realize it was like well into my 30s to look around and say, you know what? I'm in my 30s. I can admit I don't like Shakespeare. You know, I, yeah. did, I did it in high, all through high school and college. I, I've seen amazing productions. I would still go see really great productions of Shakespeare, but I don't I don't have that love for it. And I'm an actor who can actually say I don't like Shakespeare. And, you, you know, 
and yeah. and you're an actor and you can say I don't like I like Musical musicals. Theater. Now, what about you just you don't you don't um <laughs> believe them or they just uh I, I guess I my preference is for things that could happen in right. real life. Like I right. like real things and so mm-hmm. like sci-fi doesn't appeal to me either uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I get that. game of thrones type thing like that's kind of, that's a little bit hard for me too yeah no i I, so, don't, I don't enjoy that at all so i like things that are like really really grounded in reality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm not like super into any cartoons really like i what my mom said when i used to watch sesame street when i was little i would like hate the parts that were cartoons and i only wanted to see the the people and i would like complain as soon as like the, <laughs> oh my the Muppets and the people didn't I was, come on I was so similar I hated cartoons I loved I would only watch Carol Burnett show because those were characters that mm-hmm. I wanted that I cared about mm-hmm. I loved sitcoms from the 70s that were like all in, syn- <laughs> in like in syndication because it was like before my time because I talk about sitcoms that I loved and I'm like I see when they were on the air and I'm like that was like maybe before I was born mm-hmm. but I loved like One Day at a Time mm-hmm. I loved like um, dark sitcoms that were like about like urban families in the city, like single moms yeah. or like black families. That, yeah. And I was like, because I was so, it was so not my experience. And I was like, this is what I need to learn about and mm-hmm. know. And I didn't care at all about, you know, I loved um, this show called Special Delivery. I'm older than you guys, but there was, it was on Nickelodeon. I remember that one. Yeah. But it was, it was two real people. It was Jody and Jeff. And but there was a, there were, and there were two puppets. It was, there was a puppet old night watchman named Sam. And then there was a mouse. I think her name was like Muffy or Missy. And she was a, a, a puppet mouse. Wait, was it, was it Jody? Jody. Yes, Jody I remember that Jeff. show because my sister's yeah. name is Jody, and okay, we would okay. watch that. So and Jody and Jeff totally were real life this. people, yeah. and they would watch, and they would, and I loved that because they, you yeah. know, they would like learn lessons, and they worked at like a, they worked at like a some sort of store. Yeah, where there were like mannequins. and There stuff. were mannequins. Oh, okay, that was it. it. They were that was it. They were mannequins at night in the mall. The eighties was so into mannequins. <laughs> no, <laughs> why? <laughs> and I love everything about it. I love the movie Mannequin. I, I do love too. Love it unapologetically but it was a real theme in the 80s yeah it was it was a real thing (laughs) where it was like all of a sudden they would come alive also malls I mean, sure. we, I uh, think the that's 80s, part of it. Time, we love yeah. the malls. We were so, we were always spending our times there. So, like, what if the mannequins were actually people at night? Once the customers go home, they 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 magically become alive, but then they go back to being mannequins during the day. Yeah, I'm like, what are, what are the other movies? I'm trying to like, I know the concept, but well, okay, well, there was Opportunity Knocks that was with Jennifer Connelly, and that was just about a mall that they got shut in the mall overnight. But there were I don't know okay. the mannequins in that. Um, what are some well, other like Fast Times at Ridgemont High takes place a lot One, in the mall. One yeah, in the mall sure. a lot. Um, Gremlins 2, there's a whole sequence in the mall that they go. That's a huge deal. I used to watch Say by the Bell. They all worked at the they mall. They were uh-huh, uh-huh. Um yeah, yeah I they... think it it's tied into malls. Yeah, exactly. Mannequins and malls go together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right well, we've come to in this podcast. <laughs> but you could probably argue like everyone was plastic in the eighties and we were obsessed with oh, it's a metaphor. Like their, it's a metaphor. wide yeah. mannequin shoulders. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also just like the visual like aesthetic. <laughs> and of they the had the perfect yeah. coiffed hair and mm-hmm. everything was very, you know. Oh, well, I get it. But anyway, I'm just I, I love that you don't love musicals because because I do and I and I and I there's something about them that I just lose my mind over. Um but I get it. I understand. I mean, I think also, like, I can't sing or dance, but yeah. I've always said the reason I do sketch comedy in improv is because I'm a musical theater actor who can't sing or dance. <laughs> because it's that same style. Of, but like, but I but I watch a musical and I'm just in awe of the talent Yeah, that I'm like, I could never do that. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there's there's definitely that thing. But there are a lot there are a lot of musicals that I don't like. You know, I love the idea. I love the concept of a musical theater, but you know, I literally said I love the concept of a musical theater. <laughs> so I'm having a mild stroke, but you know what I mean. I yeah. like, I like the in theory. I and I go and I see every year. I try to see all the big Tony nominated shows. I try to go in in May and catch them, but then there are always a handful that I'm like, ugh, that was the worst. Yeah. Um. But yeah. No, My no, boyfriend's father goes to the city once a week to see a Broadway show wow. from Hartford, Connecticut. He takes the bus. Uh-huh. He's retired. Yep. Takes the yep. bus, goes in, sees a show. So he, yeah, he sees That's everything. like the dream life to me. Like when it's, I'm an old, when I'm an old man, I can't wait because I'm kind of already there. I go to the movies in the middle of the day and it's like me and all the blue hairs. Because <laughs> I'll go to like a weird art movie and I'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, this is, you know, nominated for an indie spirit. I'll go watch, check this out. It's a foreign film. It's four hours long. Great. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, um, I understand. And it's a lot of, there's a type of musical theater actor that can be really irritating. Yes. That know? I understand. Yeah. You know, that I get, you know, because, and you think they'd be similar to us and they're, we're not, we don't really, we don't really um, drink the same water. So it's a little bit difficult. There's a, you know, there's someone who's always about being technically perfect mm -hmm. and our whole thing is celebrating being weird and different and kind of messy and authentic yeah. and authentic yes yeah. exactly and I feel like we have a hard time with sometimes with students that are musical theater based that are they play like really stock characters and mm -hmm. they're about getting everything being on um, on key yeah. there are a lot of musical theater actors that I don't enjoy watching because they're too perfect too crisp very crisp <laughs> yeah well I've always said I don't I, I've never I don't I, I totally appreciate and understand slash have zero interest in Barbara Streisand because to me she's like that she's so perfect mm. you know she's I've never seen her mess I would love to see her like go up and forget her lines and forget her forget her words mm -hmm. get flustered and be and be a human being but yeah. it's that same thing I, I, I like messy I yeah. like kind of I like Diane Weist I mean that's kind of my thing as opposed to like I just watched Edward Scissorhands. She's so amazing. The greatest. She's right? never taken an acting class. I know. Did I hear that on this podcast? I think I talk okay. about it way too much. <laughs> Corey, how many of these podcasts did you listen I, to? I, I listen to it. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, Courtney, talk to me. What's up? Um, just in this moment? Yeah. Or I, feel, just... I was like trying to think of something that I hate that everyone else loves. I was like, I guess just Harry Potter. Oh, I don't yeah. hate. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. Like, never laugh. I have... I've fallen asleep during so many of those movies because I'll go because I like to participate. Sure. And sure. Then, like, false. I don't, I know I'm right there with you on Harry Potter. And I, and I, it's, it's very, you know, I know that the movies get better. I've only seen the very first one. And yeah. that's it that I've seen. And, and um, I just, I was like, okay, I, I get what this is. And, but I don't even think that as a kid I would really love it because it's just not. I don't know. It's it's not it, um, entertaining to me. Like I get the fantasy of it, and I yeah. get like Lord of the Rings. Like I saw all of those movies. I saw them all once in the mm -hmm. theater and fully enjoyed them. See, but I would yeah. never. I would never watch them again. I can't get on. I don't. But, I don't get into. The, I, see, I like Game of Thrones, but it's only because of like the sex stuff. I think <laughs> if you mix that with the fantasy, yeah. like I could get on. Get on board. If it's like a horny. If it's like like I like how fucked up no. everyone is. Yeah, in the show. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah, they're yeah. also like wearing costumes and there's dragons. Oh sure, sure, sure. Have you seen Caligula? Because <laughs> no, that's the but... definition of just. I mean, it's. Have you I, seen Caligula, I Corey? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it's. You're gonna be like Drew. What did you? It's the. It's so insanely filthy. I mean, it's pornographic, but it's from the '70s. So Helen Mirren's in it, and um, Peter O'Toole and Malcolm McDowell plays Caligula. So these world-renowned, classically trained, greatest actors in the world in the '70s were in a film that. Tento Brass, I think it's who, there's this, oh, there's a bunch of, there's a crazy story about it because they filmed one version of the movie and then late at night, not unlike Jody and Jeff in Special Delivery, they went in and they filmed hardcore, like, pornography with everything in it and they cut it into the movie. So these actors who are watching. Helen Mirren? Helen Mirren. She's obviously not in those scenes. Oh, okay. But it's like the courtesans and the, but then there's like really disturbing stuff like Malcolm McDowell, like there's a, um, a man and a woman who get married because you know Caligula was insane and um, you know kind of kind of like what's going on now in our in our uh, leadership um, just like did whatever the fuck he wanted and there was a there was a couple getting married a young couple and he like took them right after their marriage and fisted the man like in front of the woman and so that's that's completely <laughs> in like the movie so Malcolm McDowell is doing that um, it's it's insane to watch because you're just like I can't believe. <laughs> These I mean, people are in this movie, but it's, I mean, it's really, 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 really dirty. And, and you know. Um, check it out. <laughs> I, I highly recommend it. If you, like, if you like Game of Thrones for that reason, I would highly recommend that. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah. And there was a great, um, it was not dirty at all because it was on TV, but I loved in the, I want to say it was on in the 80s. And we watched it, I think we watched it in the 90s when I was in high school because it was one of those like teachers love to throw on a movie. It was mm -hmm. a miniseries called AD about the same sort of time period. And it was it was a soap opera. It was basically <laughs> Dynasty, but it was nice. all like sword and sandal. But it was all character based. And I loved it because yeah. it was all about like drama, like who was sleeping with who and who was screwing over somebody else and the brothers that hated each other for whatever reasons and 
And yeah, and um, yeah, it was called AD. That's Remember like when you would get, get to watch movies in school? How was special that was! The best yes. thing now, ever. Now kids won't get excited by that. No, I know they don't. Why? But, because, because they all have their own personal devices. They could be. They could watch movies on at any point. They, they're oversaturated. Yeah, yeah they really are. Yeah. And there's no like. Well, that was the thing. We had to, you know, we we had VHS tapes yeah. and then later DVDs that we could go home and watch. But like when. The teacher would roll that TV in. Oh my gosh. And especially Friday when movie. I remember, and it was like, I remember being like, it's gone with the wind. This movie is four and a half hours long. Yeah. That means we're going to watch this for like two weeks. Yeah. It's like a 45 minute class. Yeah. We only watched just little chunks of it. And also, as uh, I had was a teacher for a brief stint, it's like great for the teacher too. You're like, yeah. Great, this will take oh, yeah. up. Oh, <laughs> this will take up so much time. Yeah. Where were you a teacher? I Well, I was a substitute teacher right after. After college, but I ended up like taking over uh, a ninth and tenth grade like class for like half a year because like a, wow. the, a teacher was like going through a terrible divorce and like went a little crazy. And they were like, "Listen, <laughs> he hasn't been teaching anything for half a year, and like you're 22. Will you? Okay, yeah." Oh my god, what was that like? <laughs> it was fun. I mean, it was like it was so stupid that I did. I was like working in a theater company at the time, and I was like, "Oh, I'll get paid like five extra dollars an hour to like be their actual teacher." Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 exactly. I like had and no like, teacher training, you, and you had no but... like reason to be there and you're like in charge of these like young minds i like tried to do a good job it was english so like i loved like teaching the books uh-huh yeah and right. then i forgot to do grammar until the end you know uh, what i mean right, they were like right, right, someone yeah. helping me but yeah, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, like yeah. grammar doesn't matter read this book unless you're gonna be nervous like i am about the texts and whatever yeah um i that's so funny because i had and I talked about this on my old podcast. I, this one of my crazy teacher stories was that I had a teacher in tenth grade mm-hmm. have a nervous breakdown in class, and she locked the doors and held us hostage, and started <gasps> speaking in an Indian accent and was losing her mind. This white lady <laughs> oh who had a complete psychotic break, and <laughs> uh, this was oh oh no but... oh it was it was everything. And we were, and this was just a few years before the first like major school shooting, but it was, so it wasn't in our reality that anything like that could happen in high school. And I've thought about that in context of now, what would happen? And Mm. I think now somebody would have like tackled her and gotten her to come because she kept saying someone's going to die. Someone's going to die. It took place over two days. And the first day she, she basically, it was like. She, for the first half of the year, was this older lady, and she was new to our school, and we didn't really know what was going on there, and she was just like, read the next story in the book. It was also English. Uh-huh. Read the next story, answer the questions, and we were like, this woman, who, who you know, yeah. this idiot. We came back for Christmas break. She told us her whole story, and she was like, I'm in an abusive relationship. My husband, and, and he's like dying and old, and I'm trying to get out of it, and I'm losing my mind, and my kids are on drugs. And I mean, it was every <laughs> horrible after school special all rolled into one lady. And but she she's telling like, this to her, telling this to her, so to her 10th graders. We were 15 and 16 years old. Then Jesus. she um, uh, basically was like, please don't tell anyone. Because she goes, I had to transfer schools. She said something happened last year and I had to transfer schools. So I only I'm only here for the rest of this year to get my retirement so I can have my own money. And we were basically put this responsibility on 15 year olds. Wow. And we were like and we she were really all the, like someone to talk to. She really needed someone to talk to. And we were all the like the gifted kids. And we were all like and, and we had nothing happen to us ever in our lives. We'd only seen the movies. And so we were like, absolutely. You're going to be our drama. We're going to take on your cause. And mm-hmm. I remember Went home that night and prayed for her, and I was just like, you know, and I was like, oh, I want her to be okay, and <laughs> and then the next day, we came in and she was full blown batshit. I mean, her oh, hair was like unhinged, and and she had like. She always wore these like dark pantyhose, and she was always her pantyhose were gone, and her and her, <laughs> and her clothes were crazy. She was looked completely nuts, and we felt deeply unsafe. And she had an Indian accent, and she had lost her mind. Oh yeah, and was uh, just was spinning out, and was saying all these things, and was and was drawing all these things on the chalkboard about um, uh, like Maslow's hierarchy of thinking and biofeedback, and she was doing all this biofeedback stuff, and it was just insanity. Wow, and. Um, she knew a bunch of drama about uh, like a bunch of uh, uh, gossip about a bunch of us that was all true. Um, <laughs> like I had gotten caught drinking at a, a school football game in the fall before she knew about it. Uh-huh. She brought it all out uh, in the class. So then after that day, we ran screaming out of the room. She's crazy. Get her out. Of, you know, we were like. Yeah. So then they apparently it, uh, in the next 
class, the next period, the next class came in. And what I hear was like men in jackets came in and took her out. Like it was that. I didn't see that. Yeah. And then um, our vice principal came in the next day and she said, Mrs. Cummings has the flu. Oh, I said her her name. Sorry. Um, (laughs) She has the flu. She's not going to be coming back. We're like, the flu? Really? (laughs) And so we were like, uh, and then they gave us this 22-year-old Courtney Peruso character who came in and was like still a senior in college who had no idea. And she had zero control of us because we had gone through like major drama. We had nobody helping us. We had no counselors come and talk to us. It was just like, no, that didn't happen. Did it bring your class so close together. Well, we were, yes, and we were already close because it was like all our friends were in there yeah. and we were, but we couldn't, every time we got in that space, we had to talk about it for the rest of the year. Like, <laughs> of all I remember was like, right, and then she did this and remember this. And you were like and, piecing it together. Yeah. Like, it was going the most back, dramatic like, thing that had happened yeah. in your young yeah, life. Yeah, of course. And so we were like, oh my God, this is so crazy. And this poor, I mean, I rem- remember this uh, 22-year-old, she had like a really, really, really red neck. <laughs> she like dug at her neck, like her like oh, nervous like... tick would be like she would like pull her fingers across her or across her clavicle, in you know in in fury because yeah. like we wouldn't listen to her, we wouldn't do what she wanted us to do, and I was weirdly mean. I don't know how I did it. Yeah, I think you'd have to be. Yeah, like I also think that because I didn't want to be a teacher, there was like nothing at stake except for my own experience. <laughs> so like you know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't like I want to do this. I was like I'm doing this for a second. So oh my god, I don't know. Like, so and then you knew at the end of the the I mean the beginning of the next year, you just did something else where you just like I'm gonna. I think I just went back to like because normally I would go in and just like I would get to like read a book and while I sat there it was like high school high school subbing is so easier was for me at the time Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I think I just like after that year was over I just like did regular subbing for another year and then I left wow and I can't believe they just gave you a class yeah like it was well I had like subbed for like the head of the department I like did a good job for her Uh so they were like uh quick like who can do this and I was like okay Oh, I that's don't know. so crazy. Yeah. I was um, a counselor at camp, which it's like, how did they give you a class? It's like when I was a counselor <laughs> at sleepaway camp, I loved it. I had like the best. It was I'm like sure you'd I'm be 16 a great or counselor. 17. But yeah. I loved it because at night we were allowed to go out. Oh. And like get drunk. <laughs> I mean, we weren't allowed to get drunk, but we did. And we come back and sometimes the kids would be awake and like, thank God nothing happened and thinking about it now as yeah. an adult. Oh, and my parents sent horrifying. me to that camp growing up and yeah. I'm thinking back to like, yeah, my counselors definitely like would stumble in and whatever. How, like, did they give a 17-year-old, like I was in charge of like 10, 10-year-olds. Right. Thank God nothing ever happened, but like, Jesus. I know. And And, and you're also like, who knows what you said or did in the moment that would leave an impression well, for the rest of their lives? Well, that's what I wanted to oh, yeah, say. Okay. Was um, I? This girl messaged me. One of my old campers messaged me and said because she's still friends with some of the other campers. I was uh-huh. the, they're all still friends, which is cool. But yeah. and they're also like, how old are they now? Like Courtney's age. I was only. <laughs> they were like twelve, and I was sixteen. You know, right, 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 so okay. it wasn't like. Um, right. so they're like lawyers and uh-huh. married and shit. Um, <laughs> but when I, they, someone messaged me, this was a, a few years ago. She must, I, I commented on a picture of her and some other camper girls like, um, oh, camp friends are the best friends. I'm glad to see you guys are all still together or whatever. And she wrote me this long Facebook message that was like, oh my God, Corey Podell, you are my favorite counselor. You would give us the best advice at night when you oh. come home. And I was like, what? And I don't ever remember ever. T- I just was like, I, I remember one time I was barfing because we would get like. <laughs> ha- we would you're also empty- 16, so you have no idea what 16, you're doing. I'm drinking like you don't half know how to drink. a Snapple bottle. We, we would pour out half a nice tea and put vodka in the rest and uh-huh. just get as hammered as we could in as short of amount of time. In like, and like room temperature, shitty vodka. <laughs> yeah, like whatever. With, ice, with Snapple ice Whatever tea. worked. Whatever worked. Just but, garbage in yeah. a handful. So I was like throwing up one night and I remember one of the campers waking up and I was like, oh, I ate something bad, you know, like, and that was the one thing I remember. But this girl said, yeah, you, uh, she just was like, you gave us the best advice at night. And then I actually was in New York and I met up with some of these girls and I was like, tell me more about that. And she was like giving me specifics <laughs> and like quoting me. And I did sound fucking wise in these. Oh like, God. well, well, in a way she was like, I feel I felt really left. I was feeling really left out. I was like com- crying to you about how 
you know, I was always the third wheel and I always felt left out. And you told me, hey, Julie, <laughs> where you are is where you are is the place to be. Well, yeah. Where you are is the place to be. And I was like, I said that? That's kind of drunk wisdom. I yeah. Think. And and I was like, you're obsessed with them. You should be obsessed with yourself. And she, yes. <laughs> she like loved it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so mortified. And I can totally picture my like smug self probably like yeah, dropping wisdom on these 12-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. But she said it. In between she, vomit. It helped her. <laughs> and then... She also said, and this one is disgusting, and I hate myself that I ever oh, said this. But I love it. She said, one night you told us, when we get older, we need to breathe in adventure so we can exhale life. It's so gross. Breathe in adventure. What, why so did you I can say exhale that? Exhale life? Yeah, it do- what? But she oh. thought they, and I was like, well, you guys know I was like, probably hammered every time I talk to you (laughs) (laughs) and they were and they were like um we when we were counselors we realized that's what it was Uh, but until uh they became counselors right 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 right, right. they just thought I was like the coolest and I would like be in such a good mood and like come home and tell them drop this stuff and I don't know what else I said but anyway but I love it too I mean you know uh, alcohol brings out your truest self yeah and you are naturally a great advice giver you know thank you you, I mean you know uh, you know Dustin called you the the Oprah of our network uh, you know of of Farrell if you know and and, um, and, (laughs) uh, you know and so you have that in you and so the beauty of that is like even in your drunkenness I love that like it wasn't just like you guys leave me the fuck alone I'm a, I'm feel like shit no I was connected you know you were like I need, this is gonna be my time to like really yeah connect with you and um, so that's I mean yeah. I think that's really so yeah you never you know. know what you say if it's gonna you leave really an imprint on someone yeah. and I was just like oh man and yeah I I think about that when I teach like because you know like certain teachers yeah. you remember that one thing they said to yep. you that stung or that made you make the next move in a good way absolutely and it's like they probably never think about no that. I mean I've I've told Ever. Patrick Bistow things that he said to me and at the groundlings and he would be like he was like when did I say that and, yeah. I'm, like, and I'm like you said that to me <laughs> um and uh yeah we remember those things that you know that um and it's that it's that crazy thing like people are always listening and the you know and you they take it in yeah. whatever way or shape well, or form that they do. Well, that's why you're careful with your text messages and stuff. Uh, yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. you never know what's gonna. I know because I'm people. I'm always like oh god I would you know and then there are times that I'm like I want you to know that I'm mad I want you to know that I'm you know and then I'm like I need to make that clear too right because sometimes in person I can be way too like it's fine listen Me too. Uh, it's my fault I, yeah. I'm it's my fault that I'm mad uh, yeah. I hate myself first of all so <laughs> and then I'm like no I need to know via text like this is the problem you know yeah so um but it is it is really well really I w- I actually thought about it recently because it's so hard to not like compare in our industry and Facebook uh-huh. and, you know, so mm-hmm. I found myself, I swear this is so cheesy, but I was like, hey, where you are is the place to be. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Focus on where you're at. It's so true. It's the place to be. And I was like, God, I was fucking smart. I knew it. I <laughs> Stitch that on some pillows, man. Yeah. I, yeah. there was, a, there was this, uh, terrible like one of those advice books that was like not as good as chicken soup for the soul or which was so good so good (laughs) that's my favorite book it's my favorite book of all time chicken soup for the soul i like chicken soup for the lawyer's soul um (laughs) no um (laughs) yeah they have like 12 well there was one that i saw when i was in high school and it was um and the title of the book was normal is just a setting on the dryer and and the cover was this wacky woman's face, and she was like in the spin cycle, and her, and her like hands are on the glass, and she's making a, wha- a face like a Lucille Ball face, and it's like normal. It's just a setting on the dryer. And so I said it one time, at I, I went to this like summer enrichment camp when mm-hmm. I was thinking because I was such a nerd. Uh, it was called Governor School, but in North Carolina, you went to go, there's, you know, different, every state has them, but mm-hmm. this was, in North Carolina, it was like in the summertime. And you would go for six weeks and it was like pre college. Mm-hmm. So, and you had a major. And so, and I was an English major and I went to the, you know, um, and, uh, I went to the, the, you know, um, into the class and we were reading 
Maya Angelou when we were reading, you know, Confederacy of Dunces and mm-hmm. Toni Morrison and mm. all the books that you read when you're 11th grade. And, you know, and I remember the class was called To Be Young, Gifted and Here. Which is, isn't that so disgusting? Because it was like it's based on the Lorraine Hansberry book to be young, gifted, and black. Yeah, but none of us were black. No. We were just oh here, and so they called it to be uh, young, gifted, and here. And that was like the oh. theme of the English like class. The the, and so we just read all these books and just you know connected our white lives to the the real drama of people that wrote these books and lived these stories. And in something, I remember saying, well, normal's just a setting on the dryer. <laughs> and I remember yeah. my teacher being like, that, that <laughs> is it. And that like became the quote of our class. <sighs> and I was so embarrassed to admit that I like got it off of like a, off a self-help book. Like yeah. I, I, I didn't say anything because I was just, I was so scared of being like called a failure and a fraud. And it would made me even way more of a fraud. And I never said it. But to this day, I will get Facebook messages or people that have that were in that class or yeah. will have you know that will it'll it'll trickle out. That it became I've, your class. It motto. became the motto, and it became this thing that I and I'm like I did not invent this. It's not clever. It's not anything. I'm like. You know, but but also it also is like a it, good in theory. It's a good. I mean, cliches or whatever they're yeah. called. Or like colloquialisms or whatever. Sure, yeah. They're for a reason. They're there for a reason, and it's good if it helps anybody look in the world that way. It's like okay, well, good, you know. But um, you know, it's like you know, it's just like there was that book called um, "When I'm an Old When I'm an Old Lady, I Shall Wear Purple." You know that <laughs> book, you know, it's like that. It's that same thing, and it's like I'm gonna be crazy in yeah. my life and <laughs> do whatever I want, you know. And and um, but oh. young, gifted, in here. Young. Gifted to be young, oh my gifted, God. and here. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And we had T-shirts yeah. that we wore that said to be young, gifted, and here. No, mm-hmm. you didn't do like camps, did you? Like um, I didn't do no, not not gifted like camps. Just oh, no, she like, was just in regular gifted <laughs> classes. She reminds well, me of the, the, the door quite is, a bit. The door is right there. Now. <laughs> Go live your stupid life out with the other idiots. <laughs> Corey and I have books to read. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, you, did you ever? Did you? Did you go to like summer camp? No, because I was always moving in, okay. in the summers. Generally, like mm. I mean, like I moved like every couple of years growing mm. up. Or um, I moved around a lot too. Yeah. yeah so, what, what was we were family and my dad's army. Of course. Yeah. So yeah, every couple of years, or yeah. we would like go visit my grandma, or like but, yeah. So I didn't. My I did. I my mom said that I got to do camp like when I was nineteen and in college, and I went to like New York for like a theater program. Oh, she was yeah. like, "This is for all those years we didn't get to send you to camp." You know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it I sounds like it. fun. Yeah. What camp? Like a theater camp. Oh, theater camp. Yeah. yeah I never even did. It, I guess I'm not into musical theater. I guess I just like any sort of like. It was more of a program. You would like, look like if it was like Chekhov camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna be doing. <laughs> yeah. The darkest. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Exactly. We're just gonna really just do some pinter and. <laughs> yeah. Then we're gonna go fishing. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I never did I go to theater camp? No. I mean I did a summer in in London. I did a summer like conservatory when I was in college. But yeah, that was like you know That's sort of what I did in like in New York or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. It was yeah. This camp that I went to growing up that I was this counselor at, it was just like this crappy little camp that I mean, it was like not water skis on horseback riding or it was like Laying out in the sun and like <laughs> doing lanyard at arts and crafts. That was it. Right. It was it was all about hanging out. Right. And yeah, like yeah, the yeah, drama yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, yeah. you're so good at that. Yeah. I was gonna say that it's, sounds like the best camp. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. like you guys, what are we gonna talk about today? <laughs> Here's some Dixie cups, we'll string them together, we'll call it a phone. But we're really just gonna talk shit. What <laughs> I but it, what I remember now though, some of my favorite things the counselors would do with us when when it was like we went to the soccer activity or whatever, and we mm. kicked a few goals, and then the counselor was like, "Okay, let's sit in a circle. This is a game called blah blah blah." It was improv games that I didn't realize oh, they were right. doing that yeah, they yeah, maybe yeah. like learned in their sororities or like uh-huh, some shit uh-huh. like that. 
I don't because I don't think any of them were in <laughs> no they but, were not or maybe in, like in their theater classes uh-huh, uh-huh. maybe um, but that was like one of my favorite parts of camp was sitting around what I'm realizing it's like basically what we do for warm ups right in, right 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 yeah classes and which is what any of us would do now if we were like counselors now totally Mm -hmm. i was thinking now like how sad would it be if like in the summers you still went back to this camp and got really drunk on like like, (laughs) with the the teenagers and that still just gave advice to these 12 year olds (laughs) i mean at least i'm not an angry drunk no No. exactly see i'm a oprah drunk yeah i don't know i'm sorry i cut off your story though you were no i think was that it Oh Sorry, I lost, we I lost We were talking about camp, and you said sleepaway camp. How oh, yeah, s- just that um, I didn't go to this. It wasn't a theater camp, but I felt like I got some real good improv fundamentals. Oh, yeah, 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 from- yeah. Well, I remember when I first started taking improv classes, because the Groundlings was the first place I like took formal improv classes. I mm-hmm. did like workshops and stuff before that, but never really until then. And I remember so many of the like games, and I was like, oh, I've done this in like... At like camp or like yeah. church lock-ins sure. or everything. <laughs> growing up, it was always like we would always go and we would do those things. Um, you were talking about you literally call it sleepaway camp. Sleepaway and have you camp. seen them film sleepaway camp or sleepaway camp two? No, unhappy campers or sleepaway camp three? Teenage wasteland? <laughs> no, I mean well, I need okay to, after Caligula. <laughs> Watch the trio of films, the Sleepaway Camp films. They're more after that, but they're they're no good. Don't worry okay. about them. Uh, and you will completely stop after part one, I'm sure. Part one <laughs> is the craziest horror movie from 1982. Oh, wow. And it is the weirdest, gayest horror movie, like mainstream <laughs> horror movie ever made. And it's like super strange. And it's a really, uh, spoiler alert, transphobic and uh, and the worst dialogue. and the be- I mean, it's just the best bad horror movie yeah. ever. And then parts two and three were made like a month apart in the 90s. And they're like <laughs> shot on shitty VHS. Yeah. And so they're a whole different aesthetic of bad. But but mm. the first Sleepaway Camp from 82 is real good. It's a great Choice. setting, you know, for any sort oh, of storytelling. Yeah. Well, and it was right <laughs> after... Um, Friday the 13th was mm-hmm. so popular and I know they were like trying to capitalize on that and meatballs and mm-hmm. all that but when you watch Wet Hot American Summer you know they've seen Sleepaway Camp on top of these movies because there's right. so much in it that looks like Wet Hot American Summer I'm like oh they completely borrowed from you know Sleepaway Camp as much as they yeah. did Friday the 13th and Meatballs and you know all those movies from the early 80s yeah I know and then we were ki- I mean I'm I'm older than you guys but I was like a little kid in the early 80s and so I just idolized summer camp like summer camp was like the greatest I waited all year to go because I lived in South Florida but this Mm. camp was in a a small little town in Connecticut when we Mm. my parents would like ship us up there for like two months at a time at a pretty young age so did you fly up there how did you yeah we would yeah my mom like started her started a business of her own so she could pay for us to go to camp. Like oh my it, was God. That, it probably wasn't that wow. much back on it now because yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a yeah, shitty yeah. little camp. But right, she had right. gone there right, right. when she was young. And I, I still have some of like my best friends from that camp. Wow. I looked forward to it all year. But yeah, yeah. The, it's not like the facilities were nice. It was falling apart. There's like graffiti yeah. on every wall. Sure. I mean, but... And Corey's really got some, some great letters home that her mom kept that oh, are yeah. so fucking funny from when she's like 10 and she has the exact same personality. Uh, <laughs> she's like, someone's trying to do a musical. Uh, you know, I'm just... Well, there's one where she's sad and it's so dramatic it's and it's so, so funny, but she's like funny. Like it's already like, how are you such a good writer? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 I, yeah, was, yeah. I was just talking shit about every single girl in my bongo. Uh, <laughs> Right. your mom. We did a dramatic, well, she did a dramatic reading of it once. Oh, my um, God. And I, like, commented on the side at a UCB so show, funny. I think. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah, don't you, like, go back and you see these things. My brother shared this thing I wrote when I was, like, probably 10 or 11 that he found in a box. And he's like, look at you at this age. And I'm mortified. And my brother thinks it's so funny. And he's like, you're the same person. You yeah. Know? <laughs> just a know-it-all and, like, really just super weird. <laughs> Yeah, um, my mom found a tape recording of me when I was four, and I was just like talking into the tape recorder. And even then, I was like, "Erase all of this." Right? Yeah. It's it's cute, but and and oh, and I sneezed a bunch, which is something I do all the time. But I like fake sneezed a bunch to that. Oh Whatever. It's like you're it's the you're you nature versus nurture. See, yep. we're circling exactly. back. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's just it's that's what it is. Um, and we're, we're out of time. Oh, wow. 
Wow. I, I know, feel like I talk that... too much. I'm sorry. Oh my God. No, I pre- no, I feel like I was interrupting both of you a lot today. So oh, I apologize if I was fine. doing that. I feel like I was going, I have a story that reminds me of your story. I learned um, so much. I think I still like, like look at you like in awe because you were one of my first improv oh teachers. Oh my God. And that is like well, such I look an, at you in awe, but weird... thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> no, but That's it's so, so stupid that like, I feel like they'll always be part of our oh. relationship where I'm just like, yeah. I, you I, ran I, my audition. Yeah. I did? Oh my God. That's yeah, so yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I, you know, we when you run auditions, as you both know, it's like you don't remember because you see no. people for like, yeah. you know, um, I ran into somebody the other day and she's like, um, you ran my audition at Groundlings as if I would remember her. And I was like, I haven't done that in four years. And I've probably done like 200 of them. Yes, like, exactly. And I and I saw you in a group of 20 people for like an hour. And yeah. so that was, you know. Um, but I remember you know, Mary Jo Smith ran my audition oh, when wow. I auditioned for it. And I remember, I mean, I look at all my teachers so fun. I mean, you know, yeah. even the ones that were like horrible to me, I'm like, you are my teacher. Yeah. It was such a big deal to me. And I try to remember that. When, as a teacher, as we all know now, that mm-hmm. when I go into a class, I'm like, this is a big deal, as, as it should be, you know, and it, it matters. And, you know, and it's like, because there are the days that I'm like, oh, I'm in a mood and mm-hmm. oh, everybody up, come on. And I'm like, you know, um, but that's. And you're oh. Mrs. Cummings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you download all your shit. Oh, onto and your I'm students. like, oh, I'm like, I'm in a horrible <laughs> relationship. Uh, please don't tell anyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> your pantyhose are off. Oh, they're crazy. off. No pantyhose. <laughs> And that's saying a lot. Yeah. Um, well, thank y'all so much for thank being on the show. I want to thank Corey Podell and Courtney Paruso. And check out your show. Uh, um, when and how can they can they hear your show? It's on Feral Audio, and it's called We Should Have a Podcast. We don't actually think we should have a podcast. Because you, you actually do our, have a podcast. Yeah, we hate ourselves. So it's oh, and it's, I mean, I don't want really you to speak wonderful. for me in that way anymore. I've really been working on that. Okay, I'm sorry. We have a podcast <laughs> called We Should Have a Podcast. I think we should have a podcast. <laughs> okay. And and not only should you, but you do. It's so true. listen to We Should Have a Podcast also on Feral. Um, everybody, have a great week. And what's the motto, Corey? Don't. Oh, the don't. Pl- where you are is the place to be. I love that. Where where you are is the place to be. And also breathe in adventure to exhale life. (laughs) (laughs)